BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. should be saving this stuff. I know. I keep saying things. I know. I keep saying things. Tell me I should be saving this. Okay, so I'm recording now, so we're not saving it anymore. And we can talk about it. So we've been, Patrick and I, Patrick O'Dowd and Greg DeMarco, on the Greg DeMarco Show, the Chairshot Radio Network, chairshot.com. Always use your head. We've been talking about the segment on Monday Night Raw featuring The Miz and L.A. Knight. And Patrick, why have we been talking? What prompted this conversation indeed? Because obviously I know, because I have the text messages and, and the conversation. But what jumped out at you that that really prompted this discussion? About a guy we've talked about plenty over the past right. 12 definitely, years of definitely a favorite of definitely a favorite of the show with good reason it it never ceases to amaze me and really where this all started is that i i was once again reminded that the miz may be the most underappreciated hall of famer ever and i know you you talked about making it a future list one day and that that'll be fun but Today, as I'm floating through my socials and on the X Twitter, there, you know, are the are these comments of people like, "Just this is so amazing out of the Miz," and look how like I think somebody even said they thought L.A. Knight elevated the Miz, which I thought was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But a lot of it was like, "Oh, the Miz is so great at this, 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 and this." Like the the promos, his intensity, he's so good when he does this, as if. This is some revelation and something that's not new to what The Miz does and that these aren't the same people that don't think The Miz deserves to be anywhere near, oh, I don't know, a main event very, very long. Like, The Miz is dumb, yet he's amazing. And it's just, it's it's one of those things where we, we've talked to, you mentioned that we've talked about him on the show a lot, where it just struck me. Like, this guy is completely unappreciated for what he does and what he brings to the table to the WWE, he's going to make LA Knight uh, a bigger, you know, a bigger star. He's going to push him forward, and it it just seems like kind of a thankless thing. And it was, you know, it, and then that led us to talking about Monday Night Raw, and you know, just how I thought it was. It was my favorite segment from the night. We both talked about like like even though there were some some stumbles within the little promo war, um, but overall like it was it was just great stuff and i think it was once again it but i and it was driven by the miz i don't think there's any question and it was um, i just i just think that that's shows just how unappreciated this guy a lot of times is with a certain sector of the fans and when they did appreciate him who was he working with which time this time oh la night 
the, the guy they all want to get pushed to the moon. Like right. it, it had more to do with who he was working with than anything else. It's yeah, it, it's just but they don't realize that so many of these programs, when you go back, you can go back to his feud with Shane McMahon. And and then you had the whole program. He was Logan Paul's tag team partner, then turned on and became his enemy. And and all of it was money. Everything he does is money. Even the WrestleMania stuff. Like he he wrestled two matches at WrestleMania against celebrity opponents. Shane blows out right. a quad. And he impromptu with with Snoop Dogg. It's just brilliant. And and the guy doesn't get the credit he deserves, like you said. And, well, he doesn't get the credit he deserves from the fans. I would imagine right. he gets the credit he deserves from the inside. And that's really what matters. Well, you, you, here, here's how you know that's true. Because in the midst of stumbling over his promo... The things that L.A. Knight ran down the Miz for are why he's appreciated by the WWE, in my opinion. The 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 quote unquote, and this is the same. It's funny we're retreading the Daniel Bryan talking smack segment in the yeah, yeah. speech because at one point he he calls he calls the Miz safe again, like the like the play it safe. You know, just basically like, and Ellie and I'd be like, that's not how I roll and that's not what I do. This this idea that the Miz, who's never had a serious, really like a, a truly serious like time, like time suck of an injury that's like pulled him away from action, that he's basically been a guy you can plug and play for 20 years now. Yep. Is that's like... In the eyes of the fan, you're right. That's bad. And so the, when L.A. Knight basically talks about the things that, that make the WWE brass glad to have a Miz on their roster, the, the, the fans are like, yeah, he's not the kind of – he's not what we want to see. And I think what was really interesting is when we started this conversation, it was via text, you pointed out that – what the Miz does is the character. Like that's just, that is who he is in, in his role. So it works really well. That's his thing. That's, that was what you said. I was like, it's like they forget how good he is until he, in, until they don't. And you were like, that's his thing. Cause we were talking about him being taken for granted. And it's, it's, it's interesting too, because, on the flip side, first of all, everything L.A. Knight was saying about The Miz and The Miz was saying about himself were true. On the flip side, everything he was saying about L.A. Knight is also all the criticism that's out there right now. From right. not shaking hands in the locker room, which apparently he didn't do and he's admitted himself, to being an Attitude Era ripoff. All that is stuff that, that people have been saying. And L.A. Knight has a reputation for being difficult to work with. And backstage, he had that reputation in NXT. He has it now. Now, granted, okay, you're difficult to work with. He still went out there as Max Dupree. So obviously, right. he's got some flexibility in terms of working. Yeah, there's with something, him. there's something working because yeah. he was willing to go be Max Dupree. Um, and, and who the hell would want to do that? Uh, Maxine Dupree is now not even part of Maximum Male Models, and they're not even a thing anymore. So that is what that is. 
LA Knight is it's it's really like their parallel. I mean, the Miz started on the Indies. He did. Most people don't realize that. He started in California where he trained, and then of course, tough enough and, and everything happened from there. LA Knight started wrestling the same year as the Miz. I put this on Twitter today. They both started in 2003. LA Knight's 40, the Miz is 42. So they're not and that, that's what I think is the ironic part about it. They're almost the same guy. And, right. and had LA Knight been hired when the Miz was hired, probably would have had the Miz's career. Now, I don't know what Sean Ricker looked like in, in 2004, 2005, because he wasn't always as jacked as he is now. He, y- y- yeah. You can find pictures of Sean Ricker and Brian Cage as a tag team, and they look like the Young Bucks physically compared to what they look like now. Like, it's really? amazing. Um, I think Ricker was bigger than Cage. And and now, of course, wow, he's super jacked. I mean, and a lot of gas. Despite, like we said about Brian Cage, if he went to the WWE, he would, you know, and went to take the piss test, he would melt the cup. So that's why he's not there. And and probably never will be because I'm sure yeah, it's right. hard to stop doing that stuff. But for for LA Knight, like he just – he had to go an alternate route, and he went through the Impact thing. And even in Impact, everybody knew he could be the guy, and he could come to WWE. And then when he came up to NXT, it was weird. Because when he first showed up in NXT, they did not like him. The crowd hated right. him. The crowd did not accept him. They didn't want him because he wasn't NXT. I don't know the last time you've watched NXT, because you talked about you don't watch it a lot. It was either last week's episode or the week before. The NXT crowd no longer does the what chant. They now do the yeah chant during promos. Like there was a promo. I don't know if it was a Joe Gacy promo or what, but every pause, instead of saying what, they all said, yeah, that's a concerted effort by that NXT crowd, which is a, a, that that performance center crowd is a rough crowd. I mean, they, they caught some crap with, with, you know, MSK back in the day, but that almost got MSK pulled up to the main roster just to get him out of NXT. But then, of course, all the stuff happened with with Nash Carter. Now he's gone. But and Wesley is a star, so it all worked out. But L.A. Knight was eventually accepted and became their guy. And it's just just like the Miz. the The Miz to me is a lot like Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page once cut a promo in WCW where he said, "I'm an anomaly," and he actually used the word a little bit wrong. He basically was saying that he was never supposed to happen. Diamond Dallas Page was never supposed to be a major wrestling star. Like, he just wasn't. He didn't start training till he was in his 30s. He, he had been a manager before that. Like, he was just never supposed to be a main event world champion star. And yet he, he became that. And that, to me, is The Miz. And while LA Knight didn't come from another world of, of reality television or whatever, when you look at the path he took... I don't know. They just never saw him in that way. And yet he still proved him wrong and, and rose to the level that he's at. And, and 40 not that old in wrestling these days. Like it really isn't. And, and he's got, we used, to, we used to make the AJ Styles joke all the time when he debuted. He's the same age as the Miz. AJ, I think they're both 42, right. maybe AJ is older than that now. I don't know, but it's, it's just silly that they, but it all goes back to, um, AJ is 46 now. So I guess it's been, we've been doing this show for 13 years. It's been a minute. So so good for AJ. But um, weird, when he was in the the SummerSlam Battle Royal, I was just like, you know, 
Like, I was like, who's like, like AJ wasn't even announced as a participant. And now he's like, is Edge going to come out next? Like, who's coming out next in the Battle Royal? So, right. I just found it very, I mean, you want the Battle Royal to be important. Hell, it was one of the better Battle Royals that I've seen in a long time. Um, The whole thing with, with going back to the Miz, though, when we were doing Man of the Year, Woman of the Year, Team of the Year, whatever, the Miz won one year. Yeah. For us. And, and the Miz is, is, uh, he sometimes he's you know in case of emergency break glass. Other times he's like need a host, give the Miz. Other times it's like need a media appearance, send the Miz. It it's just he l- truly is an unsung hero in this company. But if you look at the promo that he cut on Raw, especially when he got fired up towards the end, if he wasn't underappreciated, would it would he be as good? Like, is that the chip and the motivation that he needs, both as a human being and as a character? Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's a I think that's a good assessment. That part of part of what he's been able to fuel his character is the 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 disrespect that he's gotten. Some of it earned, some of it unearned uh, over the years, and using that to fuel his personal fire and his character fire. Like it just. It does seem to be when he cuts this kind of promo that uh, that we saw on Monday that we are looking at someone who uh, needs that 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 derision from the fans or you know or that doubt from others that that he's the guy or that he should be where he is right now and it makes him better. It's the same reason that everybody got so fired up over the famous, you know, Daniel Bryan promo because it's the same sort of thing. Like I'm busting my ass in a different way and that's somehow shamed. And yet I think I'm better than you. Like I'm better than you. Um, and then we turned around and we did it, you know, and again, we went back to the well cause it works. Uh, and, and it shows like, and that promo really was from shows. 2016. Yeah. I just had to look it up like that. That promo is seven years old. And mm-hmm. it was August 23rd, 2016 is the date of the video on YouTube. So we're literally coming up on seven years ago when that promo took place. And here we are still, you know, with the same thing that works for the Miss. Think about, you know, the Miss is, is basically won a whole other Grand Slam since then. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And we've said it before, we, two years ago, when when they needed to, uh, somebody to transition the world title over to get it to Bob Lashley... They used the Miz. He won the Money right. in the Bank briefcase. He won the title. I can't even remember who he won it from now. Um, was it Drew McIntyre? I think it, maybe it might have been Drew McIntyre. But it was because of, of what Bob Lashley had done. And then and then Bob turned around. It was Drew McIntyre. And then Bob turned around, beat the Miz for it because that was the deal. And right. so he held it for two weeks. And then Bob went on to beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. But you inserted the Miz, and it worked because the Miz basically, you know, won the Money in the Bank briefcase from Otis. So, yep. And, and the Miz is, and that's just one aspect of his utility within the roster. He is, he's just a plug and play guy that's credible at all levels of the card. Yeah. Even like you don't team. you don't question him in a world title match if he if he were thrust into a uh, into a story somehow the Miz turns face and ends up you know tr- jumping brands and was facing off against you know our tribal chief 
like it would be told in a way that would be credible from the Miz's point of view. It would be credible to the fans because of the work that the that the Miz has done, and we wouldn't blink an eye. We also would completely buy him opening every show for a storyline with Otis or with the Viking Raiders or which congratulations, the Viking Raiders getting, you know, to lose to the returning new day. Your, your days are numbered guys. They're numbered. I'm sorry. I don't know. The thing about triple H is that he's, he's really good at cycling talent on and off TV to where maybe they're, maybe they're getting ready to cycle off. Who knows? Um, Losing to the new day doesn't hurt anybody. No, it's not. They're losing to everybody, though. Like, they're not. I don't know. I don't. They were the catalyst for the the whole storyline with with Maxine Dupree. So they had to lose that. I also also struggle with. There's some gimmicks that I think work in today's wrestling. And then there are some that, like, welcome to the 80s. And. That's for the Viking Raiders and how did you know you were going to talk about the Viking Raiders today? <laughs> no, you know this was going to happen as I watched the Viking Raiders and what, you know, Triple H, no Triple H, the history of the company and these types of, you know, wrestlers since the end of the, uh, the original, you know, uh, WWE era, the eighties, um, the Viking Raiders just don't feel like a fit. Uh, and it, it reminds me of, oh gosh, now they're better than this tag team, but I'm forgetting their name. They were like the Legion of Doom rep rip off. They, they got beat up by a bunch of legends. Yeah, no, you're thinking of, um, what the hell were their names in NXT? Cause they were great in NXT. Um, they were, but they're, Connor uh, and but Victor, they're, the Ascension, the Ascension They And part of that's just how the, you know, the WWE brought them out, but like their look and their presentation, when they called up to the main roster gave me strong, like early nineties, right. Late, late eighties vibes. And it's interesting too, because they, um, when they were the war Raiders, I think of what they were called in NXT, even when they came out with the Viking plunder, once they, you know, use it for their entrance. It went away. They didn't paint it up. They didn't, right. they weren't as cartoony. The same thing happened to the Ascension. The Ascension didn't dress like the road warriors in NXT. And, and you're right. And they came out on the main roster. And that's what they did. I kind of think that they've leaned into the Viking thing even more now. And you brought back, um, Sarah Logan and, and doing you yeah. know her thing now as, as whatever they call her Valhalla. Um, I kind of think you you have them go away and strip that stuff away from them. Again, it goes you, back to the Diamond Dallas Page thing. Diamond Dallas Page and, and Eric Bischoff quoted saying he was a walking, you know, a walking gimmick. There's too many gimmicks. He was like a walking gimmick. What did he call it? Like a walking gimmick. Uh, what I I can't think of words today. It's like what do you what do you call it? like a big like a flea market? It was a walking gimmick flea market. Right. And and when he finally got over, he never had any of those gimmicks. He literally would just come out in his tights and maybe a t shirt. Um, that vest for the Viking Raiders again, let them come out in vests that look Vikingish, take them off, 
They could be wearing regular tights that maybe have a little design on them, but they don't have to be wearing all the other stuff. And I think it would work Um, because they're talented. They're great. Here's the the other thing. Oddly enough, you know where I think the Viking Raiders work in their current iteration? Where? Impact. Well, yeah, they they definitely would because they could like because, because they could you, like sa- got, they could do like Viking sacrifices if that's even a thing. Like they could do all kinds of cool stuff. Well, I mean, because the, they got people traveling to other dimensions. They got they they got people showing up as a character one week, coming out of a d- dimension, and she's somebody else the next week. She's you know, like it's. it's I did think that I bringing back it. Courtney Rush was kind of cool. Like I, I, I was cool with the Courtney Rush thing. I don't know where it's at but now, it, it's, but but it, here's the thing is. I don't know why I accepted an impact, but not at the WWE. It's, We've I, long right, done I that, back, It's because my standards are different. For the We've WWE. long done I have that. higher expectations. I used to, I used to write about it at 411. I used to use that P word, potential. I felt like the ceiling was very different for WWE and Impact, and Impact always came closer to their ceiling because I knew what their ceiling was, and, and, I, and I had different expectations for them. Um, and that allowed me to enjoy their product more than, than – and a lot of other people's that because I was remember back then I was reviewing Impact every week. My God, I can't even imagine live reviewing wrestling is did, so hard did, to do. Did the ring still have six sides? I think I went. I think I made it through both iterations of that at different times. Um, I know you're getting to the AJ Styles promo or something. No, I'm, like, not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it today. What's there? Well, our ring has it was, six sides. It wasn't a pro. It wasn't a promo. Like an interview yeah. or whatever. Like a with our to. former with our former podcasting network back in the day, the Voice of Choice Nation. That's where he did it was on the VOC Nation, and he told them that well, our ring has six sides. And whatever the yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. But it was definitely like a radio interview, and I swear it was nice. on Voice of Choice because that's where I learned about it. Maybe. At the very least, that's where I learned about it. If it wasn't with them, but they played it, which made me led me to believe that that it very had possible. to be. Had to be that anyway. Good still great. Our ring has six sides. Our ring. What makes you spe- What makes you special? Our ring has six sides. Also has less give because of the way it has to be built to have six sides, and the ropes are a lot. It, it, there's so like the physics of it are absurd. Like people just don't understand. So, but it, do they have? What, you what, know, they only have four sides now, right? Yeah, they only have four sides now. Yeah, they're back to standard ring. Um, and kids, the reason Greg DeMarco knows about the give and physics of a six-sided ring versus a four-sided ring is because I don't know if you know this or not, but Greg DeMarco is a promoter, and he has he has to learn these things. He has to know these things for the betterment of the wrestlers in the greater Phoenix area. It's what he does. I knew that long before I was putting on these events with ICW. Stop. Why did you shit on the gimmick? Like, why did you shit on the gimmick? You are a man as a promoter. You know the business, sir. I do, and, and I've learned a lot, and and I've learned a lot from the talent, and and especially working with the Navajo Warrior, <clears throat> and and I still learn stuff to, from him to this day. But I honestly think I learned stuff like that from wrestlers talking in interviews, probably AJ Styles, about how the right. given the ropes is different, and the springboard of the ropes. Uh, and the springboard yeah, of the Christopher ring Daniels ropes. talked about it a lot. Christopher he might have actually done it on our show. So maybe I I don't know I mean I was so I'm always so dumbstruck when he cut, came on the show that I wasn't worth anything for an interview I was like here only the me. first time I think you were fine the second time well the first time we talked uh I think it was our first interview the one where we just talked about Kazarian the whole time 
We did talk about Kazarian a lot, and that's when we and asked second, Christopher Daniels, like, what, you know, why do you think, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, that's up to the people making the decisions. Like, it was really funny to hear him blame the office. Well, now he is the office. Right. So, um, well, and because um, I remember se- the second time we interviewed him, it was because he got part of it was because he got hired as part of the, the stage show at Universal or something for Waterworld. And so we got to learn all about that experience. We talked about that. I think the second time. Might have been when he was Ring of Honor World Champion. I don't remember if it was during that time or not. Um, but yeah, we talked about the and and I could my dates could be totally off. But we talked about the Universal thing, and I was really upset because I went to Universal and saw that show, but he wasn't in it that day. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, and now so now we have gone from talking about L.A. Night and the Miz. Right. We worked in some Viking Raiders talk. Where yes. else are you kids? Kids, where else are you going to find Viking Raiders talk on the podcasting network, you know, airways just, that you're Just the there? ones that, that insist on reviewing every aspect of Raw. We also put ourselves over. Well, why not? It's our but, podcast. Yeah. We, you know, we talked about Greg DeMarco as a promoter. He shit on his gimmick. Uh, or shit on the uh, shit on the gimmick. gimmick. I'm truly. And, and then started talking about how we interviewed Christopher Daniels because, you know, we did twice. Um, so you want to you hear something funny? Because I haven't told you about what's this. What's funny? I'm just going to tell I've been on one today, as you commented before we went on the air, and, and about a Facebook post that I deleted. But uh, August 20, and I'm not going to talk about the Facebook post and the whole, you right, know, right. You can't, you can't spell awful without the letters AWF. And, and I've been using that line for over a year now, but um, it's really coming to fruition. But it's it's August 26, you talk about my promoter, right? We are running the King of Arizona tournament right we're crowning a new king of arizona um there's a guy whose gimmick is the king of arizona in arizona that's that's his thing um i think it'd be fair to say he's not thrilled that we're running this event and oh dear and and he he won a tournament probably i don't know eight nine years ago that was the king of arizona tournament and i don't know that there's been one since somebody said there might have been one but he and, and so a fan was like, well, you can't do a king of Arizona because there already is a king of Arizona. And I'm like, so when Bret Hart was the king of the ring and Owen Hart won it the next year, should that tournament the next year have not taken place? Like, is that what, what you're telling me? Because um, Bret Hart was still active, correct? Like he was still an active wrestler. And and then, of course, the wrestler chimed in and he was like, well, you tried to do this before and it's not a gimmick for me. Like I've truly earned it throughout all my hard work and years. And everybody knows, you know, basically everybody knows how great I am and blah, 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 blah. That made me want to do it even more. Like to be fully right. honest with you. Um, and, and, and he could have very, he could have very easily reached out to me and been like, Hey, you know, let's make something of this. Let me come in and do a match or whatever. Now, granted he would have had to lose. Um, cause he's not somebody we'd be booking over a long period of time. I don't even want to use him once, but it's just, it's just not something that it's just, what did you always say about Loki? He was what? He was his biggest fan. He's the biggest mark for himself. Yeah, that's kind of what this is. And, and it makes me sad because there is talent there and, and it just, you know, it just goes the way that it goes. But that was the biggest thing when we were talking about the gimmick or whatever. It's, it's the guy basically said that it, him being the king of Arizona is not a gimmick. It's truly mm-hmm. what he is. And, 
which is really funny because there's a guy by the name of the Navajo warrior in this state um, who's kind of world renowned and the mo- one of the most respected human beings in this entire business. And if anybody truly deserved to call themselves that, it would be him. And he would never actually do that. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's even said that whoever agrees to win this is, is a giant mark. Um, and, and all six competitors are still in the tournament. So I think we're good. Oh, well, but, you got that going for you. Yeah. So look so at that IZW update. That's that. That's your IZW update. Go to IZWTix, IZWTIX.com. Get your tickets for the King of Arizona, August 26th, the Battleground Gym, Battleground AZ in Tempe. So we get back to Tempe. I'm excited about that. Front row VIP is almost sold out, which is different for us this time. Normally they're all gone by now, but we announced this show kind of in midstream of promoting another one. So it's been a weird build and weird stuff on the business side. If you want to sponsor a wrestler, um, if you look at my social media posts at the IZW ones, we started our sponsor a wrestler program. And because I've seen, and again, I don't, I don't mind admitting this. I completely stole this idea from elsewhere, not elsewhere in Arizona. No one in Arizona has ever done it, but. I shouldn't say ever. I don't know. Maybe somebody has. But I, other regions of the country have done it and done it very successfully. And I talked to a couple people who do it and said, hey, how do you do it? How do you pay the wrestlers? Blah, blah, blah. Like I, I did my research. I did my due diligence. And then we rolled it out and immediately had, I think we're up to eight sponsored wrestlers right now. Um, and and I have a couple more that are in the works. And, and I'm very excited about it. And the coolest thing is, is that, you know, half that money goes directly to the wrestler. So literally. That's awesome. Half that pay. And that's why I think people like it because they know that uh, whoever they're supporting, they're actually going to get that, that physically get a portion of that money. So that's it, cool. I'm not going to say numbers. That's not fair. But let's just say it was $2,000. It's obviously not $2,000, right? But let's just, although some people might always oh, $2,000. If it was $2,000, that means a thousand is going directly to the wrestler. Um, and I've put that out there publicly. So if I didn't do it, one of the wrestlers could call me out on it. But, and, and the right. best part is when I have the conversation with the wrestler, when I say, Hey, guess what? This business or this person is wants to sponsor you. They're like, yeah, that's great. I get to, like, I mean, you're like, you're going to get this amount of money on top of your normal pay. They care about being chosen to be sponsored more than, than the money part of it. Like, they just think it's super cool. And so I'm very excited we get to do it. Did it on a whim last Thursday, came up with the idea, posted it, immediately had, had a big response, and it's been flowing ever since. Um, and I'm just very excited about it. We got a tattoo company who's sponsoring a couple of wrestlers, and, and we got a, a custom wheel business sponsoring a wrestler. We've got nice. um, some other services, a couple of fans that are just doing it as fans. Um, I got a guy who runs a podcast who who's not even a wrestling podcast, but he's trying to get some stuff out for September. He might sponsor a wrestler and, and, and might have that wrestler like cut a promo for him to use to promote it. Like all these cool things. Like, like we just try to do the best that we can. So we're, we have a garage door company is one of our sponsors right now. Like it's just, that's cool. Well, and, and you mentioned it's not unusual. There's uh, a, a, at least one uh, wrestling company out here that has has done some sponsored wrestlings, or maybe that a wrestler, or maybe that wrestler just has maybe a sponsor because I see it all the time. It'll be like you know Pat Quinn versus Craig DeMarco sponsored by Taco John's. Right now, that's Which, an interesting aspect. Way, that oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're by the way first. 
Oh, no, I just, I, I hope you like Taco John's because you get all the tacos. Like, they pay you in tacos when they sponsor you. They don't they don't actually pay you cash. I mean, ha- just taco hot dog and a handshake can become taco and a horchata. I don't know. But um, the interesting, so that you brought up a good point, though, that, that I actually want to go, go ver- further down this rabbit hole. I've seen sponsored matches, right? Right. And here's what I always wondered. Well, no, I didn't. That, that's a lie. I didn't always wonder. I wonder it now. Did the wrestlers make anything extra off the sponsored match? Or was it just slapping the logo on the match and saying go? My guess is no. But this is literally about the individual wrestler. The wrestlers are chosen by the sponsor. Um, The sponsor might ask for some input, and and I can give it to them. But um, by and large, most of these have been directly chosen right out front by the sponsor. And... And, and it goes directly to, like I said, directly to the wrestler. Like they will physically be given two envelopes. They will be given their normal envelope and one for sponsor wrestle. Like I'm keeping it separate. I'm trying to keep it right. all above board because it's really cool. I did not expect this kind of turnout the first time around, which is a good chance for September. It'll dip because usually when something's huge the first time, it dips and then climbs back up. That's how these things work. But I'm, you know, I, I'm just very excited about the turnout. And I, I really do think it's that mental aspect of like, yeah, we're not just sponsoring the whole thing, but like I get to sponsor this wrestler that I love. And I know that they're they're benefiting from this. And that's cool. And it's a win-win-win. And my biggest thing is, and why I made that post today, well, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, or who knows when, because these things live out forever. Nearly every new idea we come up with gets stolen locally. So yeah. if you're gonna and look, and but this is the one that I want people to steal because it benefits the wrestlers. I right. they just better pay them. Like, that's my biggest thing. Like, if you're going to do this, you better do it right. You better give them half. Like, don't you, some of, some people are already underpaying their wrestlers. And maybe people would say that about me. Who knows? But please, like, let this benefit your wrestlers if you steal it. So that's enough about that. What did you think? You know, we're going to commercial and then we're going to talk about something that I want to talk about. So we'll be right back. But, but you know what? While you're listening to the commercials, Go on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt. Again, we're not just saying give us money. We're saying give us, buy something that benefits you and then and then we benefit from it as well. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a chair shot t-shirt, logos, slogans, podcasts, whatever you could possibly want. We have it there. And if not, shoot me a message and I'm sure I can get somebody to make it if I can't make it myself. Everything by there does support everything we do here at the ChairShot Radio Network and the ChairShot.com. You get a cool shirt. We get some support. It's a win-win-win, so go out there and do it. It's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, Patrick O'Dowd. We were talking about this a little bit, but we didn't get into the the, the nitty-gritty details. You watched SummerSlam, correct? I did watch SummerSlam. You watched SummerSlam. Last week on this program, I made three bold predictions. Now... Anybody who read bold predictions when I wrote them at 411 Mania should remember they're not designed to come true. If I get every bold prediction right, then they're not really bold predictions. They're just predictions. Right. 
And, and that's not, that defeats the purpose. I said, Randy Orton is going to come back. Did Randy Orton come back? He did not. He did not. Womp, womp. I said, Seth Rollins would main event the pay-per-view, the PLE. Did Seth Rollins main event SummerSlam? He did not. He did not. I said Jimmy Uso was going to turn and cost Jay Uso the match against Roman Reigns. Did that happen? It did. Damn right it did. And I was so excited when it did. The moment that like this hooded figure pulled Jay out of the ring, I was like, there it is. I got one. Uh, I was, that's it, the only that's the only that's the Uso playbook. Like that's all the yeah. Usos have is I I wear a dark hoodie and then we do the pullback reveal. But it was good. The the reveal was good. Even though you yeah, pretty much knew who it was at that point. But right. pulling the hood away, left? pulling the bandana down, like it was it could have been someone totally unrelated, somebody, but there's not a whole lot of people from I mean, maybe if Kofi Kingston wasn't coming back from injury, you could have Xavier Woods do it since they got their past with the Usos. What a way to vault Xavier Woods into the main event. But it was just, you know, he pulled the thing down and whatever and super kicked him. What I loved about it was when the match was over, Jay, I'm sorry, Jimmy and Solo, nowhere to be seen. It was yep. just Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And I know Roman Reigns is going to be on SmackDown this Friday. And they're talking about how they're going to welcome Jimmy Uso back into the bloodline. You think Jimmy Uso is coming back to the bloodline on Friday? No. No. I, I, that's when Jimmy's going to be like, I ain't do this for you, Uso. I didn't do this for you. I did this for me. Right. And and who knows where Solo is? Like Solo, you know, didn't want to help Roman yeah, at one point. In, in, indecision. Yep. There was some indecision. I uh, I laughed because um, uh, again, social media has just been <laughs> kind of fun fun to read. Right. But the number of people who still haven't figured out how long this thing is is set to go, um, and are like, "This is stale. I hate it." They <laughs> okay. should have built. They should have built to uh, well, the two my two favorite bad takes on the socials were that the bloodline feud is is stale and has jumped the shark and is terrible and needs to go to its conclusion, which I disagree that you're not watching the same show I am. Uh, and the other one is that the end is some somebody used the, their their platform for their um, their site. Uh, their site's Facebook page to uh, to say that NXT is the worst um, the worst brand in all of wrestling and it's not even close on television. And I wanted to I, I nearly replied, so you don't like what NXT does, which clearly you know means that it's the worst thing on television. <laughs> right. Um, like like. Don't hide behind your site. Right. Like, no put one, it out there yourself. People just cannot think. And, and I get it. And, and I, I'm sure there was a time where we couldn't either. People can't think two years down the road. It's like it's like an NFL team drafting a quarterback, right? No one can – like the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson. 
No one's thinking about the possibility of the Colts winning a Super Bowl with Anthony Richardson in five years. They're right. going to evaluate this draft pick at the end of this season and decide whether it was good or not. And and then the media is going to run this kid through whatever, and they're going to make all kinds of stuff. That's just what, what, what they do, and that's just what happens. In wrestling, it's the same thing. Like When Cody came back and Cody won the Rumble and Cody didn't beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 – Oh, it was it. It was done, right? Yep. Cody's cooked now. He's buried or whatever. I think Cody's done all right since then. I mean, just just saying, you know, it's 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 Cody's. I had a good don't know, run. man. I don't know. He he only beat Brock Lesnar twice, okay, twice, and got a hug and a and an arm raise. So good, completely improvised. The best part of the whole um, thing was Cody. Real or not, selling the hurt arm every time right. Brock raised it. <laughs> it was, and you could, oh, and that man. you know, half makes me wonder if Brock did it for that laugh, and not because he wanted to put Cody over. If Brock was like, "You're holding your arm, I'm going to raise it 15 times in front of all these fans and make you right. keep selling it." Um, I um, I love that. I thought that was awesome. I really real or planned or whatever. Yeah, no, I thought that was really, that was, really a, cool. was a, that was a highlight of the show. I can I just say though, I thought it was a pretty uneven show. Yeah, you can say that. Like, like, just like I, it, it felt paced. It did. The pacing felt weird. Um, it did. And they front loaded like, big time. So, so the the women's three way match, not good. Uh, was not be. good. Lost a ton of steam for the crowd. Uh, the Baszler Ronda Rousey match, also. I don't Just. know if you saw. I don't usually do these reviews. And and I reviewed this one. And mm-hmm. I and I finally got the review out today because I finally finished – or yesterday because I finally finished the main event because the main event was 40 minutes long. Um, and I criticize it. Like I, I call it as I see it. Like I criticize the main event right. for being too long. It was. It was like 10 minutes too long in my opinion. Um, he – and I was honest about everything. I – and and you know how remember when you we pulled up this review one time and you were mad because the average grade they gave each match like didn't equate to the overall what they grade. Were saying about the match. Yeah. yeah, like you were super mathematical about it. Um so so I instituted my rating scale. It's the line of demarcation. All right. Ha. And that's entertainment right there. You're above the line, you're at the line, you're below the line. <clears throat> or way above, or way below, but really above or below. I had seven out of the eight matches at or above the line. The only one that was below the line was the MMA match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. The only reason the women's triple threat match was at the line was because of the cash-in. Cash-in. Without the cash-in, it would have been below the line. I've said this before, and it's not received well. And then I've said the exact opposite other times in, in different matches, and it is received well. Bianca Belair is the most hit or miss talent on that roster. There are times where she puts on one hell of a match, and there are times where she puts on one stinker of a match. Stinker of a match, yeah. And and it's it's you can look at her opponents, you can look at whatever, but at some point, the common denominator in all of this is Bianca Belair. And be careful who you say that around, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Um, 
I was a, I was, I was making jokes. You know? I know I, you I were. know you're not. A, I, you're not afraid to do that. I'm not scared. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. Um, just saying that a lot of people love them to Bianca Belair, and, and with good reason. She is a very talented person, very engaging, um, hell of a character. Just sometimes it doesn't work in the ring. Awesome! I came to okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. I mean, it's very appropriate given we kicked off the show talking about the Miz, but right. So, so that's so that went under. Um, and then I had Ricochet and 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 Logan Paul is way above. I had the second match Brock Lesnar and Cody way above. Um, and and I probably rated the main event lower than some people would think because I love me some Bloodline, I love all that, but it did drag at times. Like it just really it did. It slowed. It slowed. It slowed down a lot. Um, and and the Finn Balor uh, match with with Seth Rollins, I really enjoyed that. Some of the shenanigans were a little. It was just like Damian Priest like set the briefcase down, and it almost looked like you know Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett pulling some stuff in WCW. Like it looked like he didn't want to do right. it, but it made sense within the story, and 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 that's fine. And it is where it is, and and now everybody can move into some different things and be entertaining. And then when Priest does try to cash in, it'll be exciting again. So um, I'm good with all of that. But um, but yeah, like there was – and even the Battle Royal. Like I put the Battle Royal at the line. Um, but as far as Battle Royals yeah, go, it was, damn good Battle Royal. Yeah, it was a solid – it was a solid Battle Royal. I I just – in it, it, there were just so many – there were plenty of matches though where whether – even if it was a very serviceable match – where it just it just lost me. Like you talked about the main event, the main event lost me a little bit. I get it. It um, was long. It was the way two too long. the two women's matches, and this is nothing about the people there. They were, in my opinion, both of them were clunkers. Um, and like you said, the cash in. I remember immediately after the match ends, and they're raising Bianca's hand. I was like, I do, like I I I was like I don't like this ending, and then. Eo comes out, and I'm like, I'm now okay with this ending. But once because, they started helping Bianca to the back, you kind of had to know what was happening. Right. Like, you so, knew they were setting up for a cash-in, whether it was going to be that night so, or the next. So, night. Good, so good deal, good deal there. Um, so I like that story bit out of it, but I did not – the match itself. Um, yeah. And so it really was like – for me, it was like this big wave of just like mm-hmm. it was. highs to really lows. Which led me to my uneven assessment. I do think if I if I could go back and change some things, one of the things I would change. I don't know if I would actually, even though I said Seth Rollins should main event the event. Um, I don't know if I would have switched them. To be honest with you, even yeah. though I think what you did with the Bloodline would have worked in the middle of the show, I don't think what you did with Rollins and the Judgment Day would have worked at the end of the show. Um, in fact. All things being even in what we know now, you put Cody versus Brock last, but you're not going to do that because going into it, you're not going to do that. Hindsight being 2020, right. you're like, of course you do that. It was the best match of the night, in my opinion, except maybe Logan Paul versus Ricochet, which even though I know it opened because Logan Paul had to catch a flight to Dallas, I thought that was a perfect opener for the, for the event. Anyway. Right. Oh, so it, was, it was great. It was exactly what you wanted. They probably would have opened with it regardless. Right. The biggest mistake I thought was they put, they went MMA match. Then Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Then Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Oh, shit. I forgot that match even happened. That was a damn good match. It was good. 
that was above for me as well. And I forgot too what we were talking about. But here's the here's the deal about that. If you go back and you watch, just just pull it up and just watch Gunther versus Drew McIntyre, and then Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. For a, a long stretch of time, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor was just smaller guys doing the same stuff that Gunther and Drew McIntyre did. I think you should have put the MMA match in between those two matches instead of yeah. having them go back to back. You, it's also weird because there was there was an eight match event. You had the battle royal third of the night, but other than that, it was all Raw matches and then two SmackDown matches at the end of the night. Um, and I thought that was kind of weird too. Uh, everything was weird. Dude, Mike Rome's ring introductions in the main event were not good. Like it was just, it was just that weird to me. Like he just looked I, like I, I didn't, I didn't pay that much attention. Well, I didn't like, try to. Just I, as soon as he started announcing, I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, what's going on there? So, yeah, yeah no, I hear you. Um, so it was very, very interesting from that standpoint. Um, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed SummerSlam. We're gonna go to commercial. We're gonna talk about one more thing. And now we may have to close up shop early today. That's uh, not early, but we, we just got to talking about a lot of different things. And maybe we got to wait till next week to tell you. You just made the list. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. <laughs> Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. You just made... Shut your dumb mouth. Because you did not just make the list. So, Patrick O'Dowd, we have been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. Talked about PC Tunney, talked about it with you, and now we have the benefit of of, of SummerSlam being in the rearview mirror. So I'm going to pull out an old trope out of the bag, one that we didn't even invent, but we love to do it on this show because it works so well. Percentage chance, Patrick O'Dowd. Percentage chance... SummerSlam 2024 is a two-night event. I will go. I will. I'm going to say it's better than 50. percent Okay. I'm going to say because it's been a while. I'm going to go with 73.72 percent. 73.72. I think it's pretty good. I, I wasn't going to go much. I was going to go like 80 percent. Um, because I I noticed something. Okay. On Raw, we started kicking off some different things. We got Chad Gable now in a program with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, a tag guy. We've got Shinsuke Nakamura now going after the 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 World Heavyweight Championship with Seth freaking Rollins. Um, we're starting an issue with Rhea Ripley and someone like Candice LeRae after she's going after Raquel Rodriguez. These seem like summertime feuds, but right. they're happening in the fall. Because I think, and there's just little things you notice. Okay? Ever since, I don't know which WrestleMania it started with, I think maybe 15. Ever since WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure it's WrestleMania 15. Ever since WrestleMania 15, every single WrestleMania has had its own logo. It wasn't yeah. just a standard WrestleMania logo. Well, starting with last year's SummerSlam in Nashville, and now this year's in Detroit, every SummerSlam starting to get its own logo. 
Every SummerSlam. Starting to be a shitty poster, yes. Every SummerSlam. Starting to be in a football stadium. Like, it's just rolling in a way that seems to be going towards the WrestleMania of the summer more and more and more. Watching SummerSlam this year, even more than last year, it felt like I was watching WrestleMania. It really did. And to me, that's just the next evolution. So I firmly believe that next year SummerSlam is going to be a two-night event. And I think the booking has been adjusted around it as such where your people taking time off now doesn't happen after WrestleMania. It actually starts it to happen after SummerSlam, yeah. after SummerSlam as we now have, you know, payback and fast lane. Hey, um, real quick, completely yeah. unrelated, but you mentioned people taking breaks. Ronda Rousey done or she just on a break? Um, I think, she, well, that's a very interesting question. I think the door is open mm-hmm. and I don't think she knows the answer to that question. So I don't know that they would use the word done, but I also don't know that they would use the word definitely coming back either. I think it's going to be, let's see how I feel in six months. Let's see how I feel in a year. I know there's been talk that she might go to another fight yeah, and cash that in. And within a month from now, those two companies might be under this, you know, might that sale might be finalized and, and WWE would probably help promote that fight. So that's that's something that you could see as well. I believe that she will be back in WWE. I think we will see Ronda I, Rousey. I, yeah, I just think that, you know, it may not be soon. No. But as you as, as no, you often point out, people are never gone. Like, they're never truly gone. Right, until they are. And and a lot right. of times they just kind of fizzle out. Um, like, Brock, Brock was originally, I guess, advertised for Fastlane. Now he isn't. We shouldn't see Brock again until sometime between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, if not the Royal Rumble itself. Um, one of the biggest mistakes they made, in my opinion, was telling us Cody was going to be in the Rumble because they did so much stuff about it. I think they, they did a Peacock thing before they did the other Peacock thing, um, which I have to watch that. And apparently, it's super good, and so I need to see it. But um I started watching it, but then got busy. So I need to rewatch. I said, sit down and watch it. But um, could you imagine if Cody returned number 30 in the Rumble? And we didn't know. Like, that's right, amazing. Yeah. Um, if, if like number 17 hits and all of a sudden Brock's music hits, people would go bananas in oh, London yeah. or wherever the Royal Rumble is going to be. Um, that, music, that music always makes the crowd go bananas. Right? Like, it, it's just fantastic um so i think but I, I think brock should go away brock stuck around longer than usual. everyone said brock was going to go away after losing o- or after beating omos they said he was done with the company his contract was up is what they said after wrestlemania for brock he literally started a feud the next night like they just don't know what they're talking about brock may not may not actually be gone for a few months but i think it would be the right time for brock to go away for a few months especially given what they did at SummerSlam, the match and the, the the after party of the matches, we'll call it. So right. Um, but Ronda Rousey, to go back to your original question, I think they did it the right way. We started talking about it. And we talked about SummerSlam. That match for me, and I talked and I talked about this when when Charlotte Flair fought Ronda Rousey as well. Some matches just don't play well in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Some matches play well more in an arena. Had had you done Ronda Rousey versus versus Shayna Baszler as the main event of Raw last night 
Monday night instead of another six-man tag team match involving the Judgment Day, I think it would have gone over much better than their MMA fight did. Um, the big black eye, swollen black eye that Shayna Baszler has really does drive that match home, though, and it suits her anyway. Right. Um, and I love the the direction that her character is going and especially what she said to Becky Lynch then backstage later because they have history. Um, yep. It to me, it's just, and then knowing that Becky Lynch was actually pregnant during that match makes it even more poignant. But um, I don't think she knew it. Obviously, she didn't know at the time. She wouldn't have wrestled. But it was, it, it just didn't play in the right. It wasn't in the right spot. It wasn't in the right space for for what they did. Um, the triple threat match, I think, was fine for a stadium. It was just not a good match. That's okay. But all in all, that's just kind of how those things played out. But for me. I think the breaks are fine. I think it all makes sense. But I do think what used to be the summer, remember, Jinder Mahal won the world title over the summer. Like the right. summer is when you tried things. The summer is when Randy Orton took a break. The summer is when a lot of that happened. I think that's going to be the fall now. Um, but you'll still have Seth Rollins and you've got Jimmy versus Jay, which is, right. I think going to be great. And, and I think they're going to kick it off when, when Jay, Jimmy revealed he did it for Jimmy. Not for the tribal chief, and then and then they're going to feud. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what they do with Solo, because I don't think yeah. Solo is going to want to have anything to do with his brothers fighting right now. Um, in fact, what do you do with Solo? Because I don't think you can involve him in the Jimmy versus Jay feud. Does he say fuck it? I'm going to Raw, or does he say fuck it? Does he go I back mean, to NXT and win the NXT title? Well, it's it, like, who what do you do with about? Solo? Like that's. You know, at this point, like he's he's just kind of been the silent muscle for so long. He's got to speak. He's spoken like, some, but you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. Yeah, but is this the opportunity to build Solo separately? Sure. And then when Roman comes back and we bring the bloodline back together, you know, it's what I think is going to happen. And then you're going to turn right. face, and you're going to get a baby face run out of the bloodline. That's going to be huge. Um, then, then Roman's got to get Jimmy and Jay back together and he's got to get solo. And solo might be like, he might get Jimmy and Jay first and then he's got to get solo. And, and, you know, maybe Heyman has to go or maybe Heyman is managing solo while Jimmy and Jay fight. Like that could be good. Who knows? I'm just very intrigued and interested to see what they do with solo. Solo to me is one of the most interesting people on the entire roster right now. Cause what do you do? Cause we don't know. Well, and cause we haven't, he's had one role. Yeah. He's been the enforcer. The whole time. So, Cody Rhodes had to beat Solo the Raw before WrestleMania before his match with yeah. Roman Reigns. Jey Uso had to beat Solo the SmackDown before SummerSlam right before his match with Roman Reigns. Right. Like they've used Solo so. in the same way for a while now. And and good on him. He probably wouldn't be here doing this stuff if he wasn't the younger brother of the Usos. Let's just call it True. spade a spade. So he's been given an opportunity, which is normal in the world. And all he's done is is to me hit a home run with it. All right, but now what's next? He's coming up to the plate again, and he doesn't have to hit a home run. He can hit a double. He can hit a triple, which is harder than a home run, and it'd be damn good. And that's what I'm hoping for is is what's next for Solo. So, all right, listen, we are sitting at 57 minutes right now. It would not make sense for us to start the list um, because that would take too long. So we're going to postpone the list for next week. 
right here on the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd. Go on your social media because there's too many of them right now and follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads, even though I don't know if anybody's still on Threads. Follow me at Greg DeMarco 44. You know, Threads like hides the amount of people that you follow. So I went in to see how many I follow. And I'm just like, I don't want to follow all these people on threads. Like, because right. it automatically follows people. But then they got to yeah. sign. Like, it's just really weird. Um, see, I, I like where I am at threads right now because I have seven followers. And with seven followers, people think I'm a bot. So I just don't <laughs> get, I don't get new followers of people I don't know. Like, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Like, I'm back to being inconsequential. Right? Incognito down. Completely inconsequential. It's amazing. Well, you're consequential to me, Patrick O'Dowd. You can oh. also follow the brand at Chairshot Media. The website's at chairshot.com. Podcasts, articles, reviews, so much more. Always use your head. Follow the Chairshot Radio Network, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play. So many more. Just be a part of it. We appreciate you listening and having a good time with us. Next week, we're going to do the list of segments in wrestling and who knows what else the world of wrestling is going to give us. Um, maybe we'll know some of the answers to these questions. Maybe we'll know what the hell's going on with Solo next week and we can talk about it. I don't know. But until then, do yourself a favor, everybody. Go out there, support independent wrestling. But really, what I wanted to say was go out there and appreciate The Miz because he truly is the most underappreciated yeah. wrestler in all of professional wrestling. See you next time. Awesome! I came to... Okay. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to... Okay. Acknowledge me. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.